1: Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time, taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. The meaning of wisdom for me is recognizing the moment when what you know aligns perfectly with what you feel. That powerful flash of clarity telling you the right decision to make originates from only one source, you, with a capital Y. There is the little you, your personality, and the greater you, spelled with a capital Y, your soul. The people you love and trust most will hopefully Always be there to offer advice. But you are on your own journey, responsible for charting your own course. Whenever I felt most tested, lost, or unsure of my own direction, these words from Invictus, which I memorized at eight years old, have been a way forward. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. With every decision, you are steering your own ship. Beneath all of those protective layers built up between you and the world lives an inner voice that goes by many names. Some call it instinct or intuition. I call that persistent knowing, our spiritual GPS. It acts as our internal compass designed to help you move through life no matter what distractions or obstacles get in your way. Your GPS is always turned on. Whether you're headed on the right track or about to take a destructive turn, your emotional guidance system lets you know. Every right decision I have ever made has come from listening to my gut. Every wrong decision was a result of me dismissing that small, still voice within me. Your life speaks to you. In whispers, that little nudge saying, hmm, something doesn't feel right. If you ignore it, those whispers turn into pebbles thrown at you, warning, there's a problem, there's a problem, danger ahead. If those signs remain unexamined, you will inevitably experience what feels like a heavy brick to the head. Shutting out the brick guarantees disaster will eventually strike you will see your life come crashing down like a brick wall. I've seen this happen so often in my own life, I now try to respond immediately at the first whisper. What every one of these Super Soul Sunday conversations has taught me is that no matter who you are, if you've been faking your way through life, ignoring your inner compass, the wake-up call can be harsh. Job loss the end of a relationship, money problems, disruption in any form, no matter how devastating. These are also opportunities to stop sleepwalking through your life, to wake up and pay attention to the red flags, the whispers, the pebbles, and bricks along the way. Your real purpose on Earth is to become more of who you really are, to live to the highest degree what is pure, what is honest, what is natural, what feels like the real you. You'll know you found it when every cell in your body vibrates with your own truth, when you're filled up by what you're doing instead of being drained by it. Follow your instincts. That's where true wisdom unfolds. We start with Michael Beckwith. Let's talk about vibration. You use it a lot in your teaching, and I noticed, like, everybody at Agape is on the same vibrational frequency <laughs> and using that language. And I don't know when it was I first got it that there is an energy and a frequency to everything. Yes. And that your whole role and goal in life is to line up with whatever is the frequency that is going to allow you to yes. move in the flow of your your own life. How did you discover this? It's
2: back in the 80s I started using that terminology because I became aware that we are vibrational beings. We're not just flesh and blood. If you put anything under an intense microscope, you can ultimately see that everything is vibration. And, in, and as the scientists are not telling us, there's information there. But it's not solid. It's always moving. So we're vibrational beings. So as you were just saying, when we lift our vibration to what we want to experience, it happens first on a vibratory level, and then it shows up and manifests in our life. So uh, people who are holding on to rancor, animosity, mm-hmm. they're slowing down their vibration.
1: OK. Just had an aha there. You're actually, when you recognize your vibrational frequency, you're drawing into yourself all the time, literally, the vibration that is
2: most like what you're putting out. Right. Correct? Right. Yeah. Another way of saying is you cannot have what you're not willing to become vibrationally. Ah. If you do get it, you'll lose it. Ah. You see, this is why people, they'll win the lottery, they, they lose everything, <laughs> yeah. or they'll finally get the person they think they Absolutely. want to be with. They can't keep, the, can't keep the relationship, or they'll get a modicum of success but can't hold on to it, because inside, they weren't vibrationally aligned. They really hadn't become it. So you can temporarily manipulate and get things, but to have it completely, you have to lift your vibration and, and become that in vibration. Oh, that's see? so good. You need to repeat it. <laughs> that,
1: is so, that is so good. Isn't that a, look, hallelujah, hallelujah. That is so good.
2: You're not really attracting things to you. You're really radiating. Ah. Uh, it's really a radiation. I could cry
1: right now. I, fe- I felt that so strongly. Yeah. That is, that's going to resonate with a lot
2: of people. Yeah, you're radiating it from within out. It's like, if I become the vibrational frequency of love, harmony, yeah. peace, And I'm radiating that.
1: That's the key. It's going to show up in my life. That's the key. That's the word. You're not attracting it. You have to be it and radiate it, and then it is drawn to you, and you to it. So then the work then becomes about you working on yourself.
2: Yes. Yeah. You have to like yourself when you're by yourself. Yeah. You have to like yourself. I mean, when you're by yourself, you have to look at those thoughts the beautiful thoughts, the crazy thoughts. Mm -hmm. You have to embrace yourself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to love yourself. And when you can fall in love with yourself and like yourself when you're by yourself, now you can be with others. But if you don't like yourself when you're by yourself, then you're pulling on others to make you happy.
1: Next, Carolyn Mays.
3: If you saw everything about your life as a learning, as a lesson, yeah. as I'm looking for truth. I'm, I'm looking for, is does this drain power? Am I empowering with every choice I make, I'm either choosing to grace somebody or withhold it, to give power or to take it back. If people understand that every single thing, I'm either going to learn something from this or I'm not. Hmm. So every single choice we make is either going to enhance the spirit. That's right or it's going to drain the spirit. There's nothing in between. There is nothing in between. Well, give me one choice that could be in between. There isn't. There isn't. There isn't. Another way to say
1: that is either you're either walking in the direction of love or you're walking away from it. You're walking to fear, right? And
3: there is no other choice. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a grocery store and you're thinking, should I buy this or not? And your gut says, you know you can't eat that. Mm -hmm. And you decide, I'm not going to listen to that voice. Right there, even in that tiny thing, you've walked toward fear. Wow. Because you've, yes. blocked, you've blocked your intuitive so voice. So every
1: day, in the smallest of ways and the largest of ways, yeah, we're either giving yeah. ourselves power or taking That's away right. from it. So how do you know when you are on the right path? You kn- and what dream okay. belongs to you? Or what
3: husband belongs to you? Or what job belongs to you? You know you're on the right path. Here's your clue. you're not put in a position to betray yourself. You don't betray yourself anymore. You're not put in a position where you feel like you have to negotiate your sense of integrity, Mm. which is an act of betrayal. Your heart, an act of betrayal. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you have to compromise who you are. Mm -hmm. It feels right. I got that. It's like if you're at a
1: job, you know you're really gifted and talented. People are not paying you for what you value yourself to be. You come into work every day feeling like, I'm really not valued. I'm not being respected for what I do, or my boss is unkind, or whatever the situation right. might right. be. There's an unease That's right. with you. That's right. Yeah. And so when you have more respect for yourself, put yourself in a position where you can feel your sense of value or worth, right. that turns around.
3: That's right. And that's how you know. You know. You know because you don't feel like this isn't costing me my power. This isn't costing me my psyche. This isn't costing me my soul. Okay, this is really good. This isn't costing me my sense of I don't feel confused in some deep level. I'm not drained. I can be tired after a day's work, but I'm not psychically drained where I feel like I'm losing life. This is Cheryl Strayed. When
4: my mother died, it mm. brought me to what I think of as my most savage self. Mm. It stripped me of the thing I needed. My mother was the taproot of my life, and and suddenly I didn't have that anymore. And I had wild love for my mother. I mm-hmm. had wild sorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I went wild. I yeah. went wild into my life.
1: So this is halfway into your trek. After you bypassed the socked-in high as you were soaking in a prayer bath and reflecting someone was in here you say it was me I was here I felt in a way I hadn't in ages the me inside of me occupying my spot in the fathomless Milky Way
4: Yeah. yeah I saw myself I felt myself in the universe and I think so much of where I began this journey is, I keep using this word lost I was mm-hmm. I was I didn't know yeah. where I was you had been so numbed didn't know where to place myself yeah numbed and also you know I think too so much of this goes back to that essential primal need that we all have to feel that we belong and, and our first definition of how we belong mm-hmm. is given to us through our mother and our father mm-hmm. and I didn't have either of those people anymore and so who was I and where was I mm-hmm. I was just lost in that Milky Way. Mm -hmm. And so when I felt myself located, that was the beginning of my rebirth Mm -hmm. and my sense of
0: redefinition of my place in the world.
1: Don't go anywhere, more to come after this short break.
0: No two travelers are exactly alike. And that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, Visually led trip matched their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash Get Your Own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours, that's TravelTexas.com slash Get Your Own. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at macys.com or in store. Thomas's
5: presents technique with Tom slicing an english muffin with a butter blade balderdash just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor for each one is unique like a snowflake <laughs> Thomas's huzzah a toast to breakfast
0: The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection Black Stories Black Truths Black Stories Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts.
1: Now we'll hear from President Jimmy Carter. You said that you're a praying man, and you never prayed more than you did when you were in the White House. What is your fervent prayer? What is the prayer that resides in your heart?
6: That I can use the best of my talent and ability and influence to enhance the kingdom of God on earth, which I believe comprises peace and freedom and the alleviation of suffering, human rights. Mm
1: What's interesting is, you know, a lot of people feel like that they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. They feel burdened. But when you are president of the United States, you, oh, you literally dare. have the weight of the world on oh, your you shoulders. Dare. Did you feel that?
6: I are did. you constantly aware of that? Yeah. Yes, I did. I knew that I had the biggest military force in the world and uh, the most influence in uh, economics and um, politics and culture than perhaps any other human being on earth. And I wanted to use it wisely and with a maximum possible element of humility Mm -hmm. and be aware of how my decisions could affect other people for the better or worse.
1: So what role did your faith play in all of your works?
6: Well, I tried to put my faith into practical application when I was in the White House and also when I was earlier governor and so forth. When was it tested the most, your faith? When the hostages were being held and when I was urged by almost all of my advisors, including my wife, uh, that I should take military action against Iran. And I felt that my Christian faith called on me to avoid using military action when I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And, and I was lucky that when I was president, we never dropped a bomb, we never fired a missile, we never shot a bullet.
1: Dr. Robin Smith. At the end of the day, do you feel closer to God? Mm Mm-hmm. Closer to yourself? Yes. Do you feel that this journey of being hungry and searching for what would feed you, do you feel that
7: you're now whole? I feel closer to God. I feel whole. But what I'd like to say to you and to everyone listening is this. We don't want to think that wholeness is a one Time deal. Right. Wholeness and, and consciousness, being awake in this moment is continuous. I've, I gotta choose that in Every, this moment and, then, and the next breath. Meaning yes. our next sentence, I still have to re-choose. Am I gonna go back to sleep? Or in the next breath, will I still be awake to myself, to nature, to creation, to God, and to you. And so, yes, I'm whole. But not whole in a way that where I think, oh, let me sit back and That's relax. That's right, that everything's, uh-uh.
1: everything's taken uh-uh. care of no and way. now I'm not going to have any more problems. Nope. How did you do the work, though? How did you get to there?
7: How, I mean, I did a lot of things. I meditated. I prayed. I went to therapy, which I had done before. But I did it differently. I did it awake. I did it not covering up. I did it not re-scripting abuse and neglect because neglect is not You another. did it
1: knowing I am in a hole and I got to get myself out.
7: And I have to get myself out. Yeah. Right? No one else can pull me out of this hole. And in this way it is my sanctuary where I will learn to be still, to be quiet, to listen not only to the voice of God but to learn to listen to what is my own true and authentic voice, to learn what does that voice sound like? Many of us don't even know what our true voice sounds like were so unplugged, I was so unplugged, that I couldn't tell, so am I wrong, am I bad, am I mean, am I scared, am I, well, if I know my own voice, I'll know what I am, and I'm just going to pay attention to that. To that. I don't have to understand it, I don't have to analyze it, I don't have to know the origin of it, I just have to trust it. Right. Trust it, and trust me.
8: Mastin Kip.
1: I know you have said, Maston, that addicts are just looking for God in all the wrong places. Yes. you think so?
8: I believe so. When I was going through my own addiction mm-hmm. um, with drugs and alcohol, I was really wanting to be happy. That's all I really wanted, and there was so much guilt and shame around what I had done. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone has a God-sized hole inside of them that we try to fill with shopping or with a relationship or food or t- sex or drugs, and it's not out there. Mm-hmm. It's in here, and it's, 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 it's an internal connection. And that's what a spiritual practice, that's what listening to your intuition, having a creative expression, being of service is all about. That is how you sustainably fill up your god size hole. Otherwise, it's like a drop that's disconnected from the ocean. You just wither and die.
1: Elizabeth Gilbert. So was it just this sort of unsettling with yourself that was unraveling the It was a combination. Yeah. It was
9: a combination of Things that had, you know, incompatibilities that that had occurred, but I I won't lay that on him because the reality is that it it was much more of an internal volcano than it was anything else. Yeah. 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 It was about that I had woken up to the fact that that my life no longer resembled me. And that it was only gonna get worse. Let's just hold that a moment. My life no longer resembled me. It didn't look like me. I had friends who came to my house and said, I can't believe you live in this house. And I would say, No, it's great. (laughs) Like that, yeah. You know, it's great. No, it's great. I'm really happy. Uh But it's not. And the deal-breaker was that we were talking about having kids. And I think one thing that had happened as I had advanced on the trail toward marriage is something that happens to a lot of women, which is that I was ambivalent in many of these key moments in my life. I felt ambivalence. I was an equal yes and no. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I didn't want to hold up the train of progress, so I just always said yes. Yes. And I never knew at that age, in my 20s, that I don't know is actually a legitimate answer that you're allowed to say. You're allowed to say, I don't know. And you're allowed to ask for as much time as you need until you do know. And if somebody doesn't want to give you that time, they're allowed to leave. But you're allowed to sit with your I don't know. And I never sat with it because it was uncomfortable. Nobody likes that place. And so I always said yes. Oh, sure, let's move in together. Let's get married. Let's buy a house. Let's do all this stuff that I was sort of half yes, half no. Mm -hmm. And when it came to let's have a kid, that's where I thought, I cannot make that decision from a place of yes and no. That has to be a yes or it can't happen.
1: Mary Ann Williamson. The one thing that lived in me from Return to Love was that poignant moment when you said we were either walking in the direction of love or the direction of fear. And I got that so deeply that it really transformed me, that there really are only two emotions. And for the rest of my life, I always recognize when I'm walking in the direction of love and the direction of fear. Yeah. So the passage that I love the most and that has been quoted the most I think, from you, is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. So when you wrote that, that came from what part of yourself
9: that you knew that? Part of that is this fear that we might offend somebody else, that Mm -hmm. somehow if I have, that you have less, rather than realizing that if I'm living in the light of my own true being, it actually subconsciously liberates you to live from the light of your true being. The Course in Miracles talks about how What's true in the material world is the exact opposite of what's true in the spiritual world. So in the material world, there are only so many pieces of the pie. If I have a piece of the pie, you have less. But in the spiritual world, the more I'm able to actualize, and that's what enlightenment is, it's self-actualization. Actualizing the love that is in our hearts. The more I self-actualize, I mean, to look at your career as such an
5: example. And that is true for every person. Yeah.
1: Sue Monk Kidd.
5: The soul often speaks through at least for me, through longing. Yeah. And when the soul longs, it's trying to tell you something. But I think the soul speaks through what pulls us, that allure, the longing, the restlessness.
1: Yes, and often. I remember, too, there are so many people who relate to this. I remember when I was a young reporter, and every day I would get up and I'd go out and cover the stories. And I was on the news. And it felt so out of alignment for me. I always knew that there was something more for me to do because my friend Gail, who we met at the same time there, she loved it. She loved it. She felt so at home with it. She was so inquisitive and curious and loved it. And for me, it felt like I'm in the wrong space. I felt sort of out of alignment. I'm wondering if when you were a nurse, which is such an honorable calling, Mm -hmm. and for people who are supposed to be doing that, nobody can do it better. Did you feel out of alignment being a nurse as I felt being a reporter?
5: I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that I was not in my place of belonging. Yeah. And that is a big thing for me, to be in my place of belonging. In fact, all of my characters are always looking for their place of belonging. Mm-hmm. I think this is the, the big journey. And I was looking Ooh, for that's that. that's so good. Yeah.
1: We all are looking for, where do I belong? Yeah,
5: What do I belong to? I mean, what is faith if not paying attention to what we belong to? Yeah. So I think when I was a nurse, which is the most noble thing in the world. There
1: isn't any, um, any, any I, greater I, sacrifice than giving yeah. your time and your energy to the helping and healing mm-hmm. of other people.
5: I know. I wanted it to work. but. I felt out of line. I felt like I wasn't in that place of belonging, and it just took me a while to. Were you to a return. good nurse? I was a pretty good nurse. I cared. Mm-hmm. You know, I did my best.
8: Timothy Shriver, normal, normal, normal. normal. The tyranny of that word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's a cancer in the culture. Yeah. Normal. Mm-hmm. Are you normal? Are you fitting in? Mm-hmm. Are you like everyone else? Mm-hmm. My God. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yet we all feel that. So we come to these games expecting to be sad. We come to them expecting to feel pity. We say things like, there but for the grace of God go I. Mm-hmm. People say that well-intentioned to me all the yep, time. Yep, yep, yep. And I always want to say to them, that pity, that fear, that that embodies that I'm healthy and they're not. I think there's a strength in vulnerability that only vulnerability knows. I think in some ways the whole Special Olympics gamble is Is there a power in vulnerability and trust? And I think the answer of our athletes is there is only power in vulnerability and trust. The other power is superficial, Mm -hmm. it locks people up, it puts people behind bars, Mm -hmm. social, cultural, political, Mm -hmm. interpersonal, there is only power. I grew up, everybody's in a spotlight. That's where we all wanted to get to. That's where you'd be successful. And what I saw was sometimes, you know, when the lights are the brightest, people feel the most invisible. I think sometimes where you think you want to go. Is not the place where you will find your most heartfelt, most meaningful, most purposeful life. I think sometimes it's in the places you think. I mean, I looked around thinking I wanted to be like all those people in lights. And I found myself happiest in places nobody wanted to be.
6: And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
3: of a detour.
9: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.